Cowabunga dudes! Uh, hey there, it's Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you are listening to Grail Hunters Australia podcast with my friends Neville, Ben, and Michael. It's awesome. It's gonna be the best show ever! Hello and welcome to Season 4 of Greylanders Australia Podcast. In this episode, Ben, Mike and myself debrief about San Diego Comic Con, all the good, all the bad, and obviously fucking Qantas. Well, anyway, sit back and enjoy the episode. Got Hello! it! Hello and welcome. Hello. How are you guys doing? I'm super, thanks for asking. We must be fucking um, coming out of COVID. Eh? Oh, dude, you're drinking the sours. That's a good drink, the Kobo sours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. watermelon. Anyway, it must be we must be coming out of COVID, even though we're not in the same room. We we're recording uh, what it's like episode six or seven or whatever in the past yep. few months uh, or three months maybe. Time flies yeah. when you're having fun. But hey, we're back. How are you guys we going? Are. I'm excellent. Thank you for asking. Thank you very much for asking. No, no, no. Things are good. You look good. Things you are... look good. You look good. Thanks, man. I'm feeling fresh. <laughs> I'm feeling fresh, man. Good hairstyle. Good face. Mm. I'm growing but, my chin a little, a little pointy kind of thing on my chin, in yeah. the hope of making my face look longer, so ah. it's not as fat and round. <laughs> it's like an optical illusion. Yep. And just sucking so, your cheeks when you talk, and you're good. I've got this fifty-year-old cheeks happening where they sag. Yep. And I'm like, fuck it. Yep. I'm going to do some fucking gym, <laughs> cheek bump dumbbells or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I know. No, you, there's, a, there's a rubber, there's a rubber thing. Have you seen that? There's a rubber thing you buy for your mouth. You chew on like, rawr, oh, really? Rawr, rawr. Yeah, is it yeah, like a good. fucking mouth stress ball? Or is it just a yeah, gag yeah, ball? Yeah, yes. No, no, it's like a, it's a gag ball that you, you, you chew on and it gives you a muscular face. Uh, <laughs> if you just use one of yeah. Harley's mini tennis balls. Yeah, that's it. I'll just yeah. get a Kong ball. Squeak, squeak, squeak. You love it. Yeah, apparently it takes, if you if you believe the interwebs, it takes 10 years off uh-huh. by just mus- muscling up your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, Mike, so how been are you a while. I'm going good. I'm going good. Uh, have I you went, moved us? It looks different behind you. You moved us? No, 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 no. I'm just upside down. Oh, okay. That must be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's upside down, Miss Jane. It's upside yeah. down. We'll call you um, Eddie, Eddie Munson for now. Would you upside believe down, that I, I stepped foot inside of a comic store? Yeah, you went to really? the side of the weekend, eh? Did, did they have yeah. to introduce you? Show you around? Yeah. Yeah, they had to show me. They were like, had to reintroduce themselves and everything like that, which yeah. I was like, oh, that's... No, it was actually really good. By the way, Larry Boxall says hello. Oh, good work. We've only been trying to get him on this fucking podcast for three years, right? You know what I actually really liked, though? So I went in on Sunday. We were meant to be recording Sunday night, and mm-hmm. uh, Larry asked about you, Neville. He was like, oh, how's Neville? I'm like, good. I'm actually talking to him tonight. And he goes, make sure that you say hello for me. So I've oh, done that now. But you know what I like is this is the first time that I've gone to All Star since it's only been on the one level. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I've gone up there and he's gone straight to the, the monthly section at the end, you know, like yeah, with yeah, all the, yeah. the new release issues. And he's looking through that. And then all of a sudden from the counter, you hear coffee, Larry. And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, just a, just a cap. Thanks. And he just he's that he's there that often that they make him coffee. Fuck me. I, per- I was per- astounded. So do they have an on-site barista or do they do a, do a coffee run for him? No, like, so they've got like a coffee machine. I, I think I saw a 
quick glimpse of it, you know, uh, near yeah, the near the yeah mm-hmm. near the elevator sort of it oh. area, and I was like, oh. Fucking um, VIP treatment. He's not getting any yes. VIP treatment if he comes on our podcast. That's for sure. Bring it out, fucking. Yes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I must have gone on a good day because Troy was there, Mitch was there, Kaz, uh, and then my friend Jay works there. He's new there. He's been there for I think like a couple of months now. Yep. Um. So that was cool. I got to see a bunch of people, and they seemed stoked to see me. And I picked up issues. I picked up like brand new number ones and i was uh it, it are felt you, are good you it felt committing good. to new runs or is it just to, to have a test yeah 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 at least test them out to see um but then at the same time there's definitely something like reinvigorating and refreshing about going into a comic store yeah, it makes yeah, you definitely. like remember why you love it because it, yeah man i think buying online and like having your stuff shipped to you when you don't see it it takes, I think, probably like a lot of the fun out of it. And I've yep. never really stopped to think about that. I've never thought, oh, yeah, that you, makes sense. But I think I think two and a half years ago in a very drunk podcast, Ben touched on exactly this, saying the spontaneity of discovering shit that you didn't know existed is out the window by, by shopping online. Because you know what you're going to get and you've already made up your yeah. mind by the time you buy it. Mm. Whereas when you go to the shop, you're like, oh, this looks good. This looks good. That's why I do like popping into Big City Comics because it's halfway between my office and our house, right? And I always end yeah. up buying new shit. So it is it is pretty convenient. Now, that's good news, man. Good news. Mm. You have been buying new shit as well. Well, let's let's do it. I mean, I've been doing nothing except working, unfortunately. And uh, so nothing to report on that front. You've been busy with streaming, Mike, haven't you? You've been. Mm. Um, I have been. Yep. 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 And Neville. Neville has been representing. How did it go? Oh, look, it's been, it was great. And as with other years, right, I think it's always the challenge giving San Diego Comic Con a pitch that is not like every other pitch they get in America. Thinking about the fact that they must get thousands of pitches for panels and programs. Yep. Um, and what we want to yep. do is they have a point of difference. So with a point of difference comes a risk that, People, it won't translate to an American audience where they'll be like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? We don't care about it. Um, so it is really the, the balance of making sure... And it's why an is his Australian pitch. accent so... Why is his Australian accent so, so fucked? So fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the pitch part, right? But um, I must say, despite all of that, it actually went well. Um, in terms of the actual panel and reception and, and the online buzz that it created was really good. Um, on the foreign comics page, there was quite a few people that were interested. Some of the guys were on that page, on the FCC page, actually attended the panel. One of the guys was returning from 2019, Speakman, um, when I did the Australian Gold and Silver Age panel. He, yeah, was, actually, yeah, yeah. he was actually a returning returning dude. And um, now stepping back one, uh, one step, the panel actually started with me without a laptop and a USB <laughs> with my all my presentations that I actually created for the panel um, purely because of Qantas, right? Um, but the nice part was that the the hosts and the technical room actually borrowed a laptop. They, they brought me a laptop, which is literally a kilometer from their room. They walked it to the panel. I got there seven or eight minutes late, plugged it in, I plugged in USB, and the, 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 the panel was good to go. So um, aside of the setback, the, the actual panel went well. Always good to represent Grail Hunters and have our name up on, on the back 
backing boards and the on the the cards on the tables and shit right um the only unfortunate part was i wasn't wearing my grey lunches clothes or my cap or anything uh, because, <laughs> because i didn't have any <laughs> um yeah so yeah Motherfuckers. yeah so, 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 so Qantas lost your bag in a nutshell yeah yeah so I could probably go go for three hours on this, but Qantas can really literally just get fucked, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. The fact that the fact that they lose your bags, one story. That's that's one thing, right? It's happened to me before. It shows up the next day, blah blah blah. But they've crumbling infrastructure to the point where they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, and second to that, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing, they just lie to your faces to get you out. They don't. They don't. I don't want you to be my problem anymore. I'm going to lie to your face and make you the next person's problem. And that's what we, we what we experience, right? So our flight from Melbourne to Sydney departed late because there was frost on the plane. Fucking first time ever that it was a cold morning, obviously because it was a two hour delay. Um, they reassured us because we were about ten people uh, on the connecting flight to LA. They reassured all of us, don't worry, you'll make your flight. And if, if we don't, we'll, we'll delay that flight because there's a significant amount of people waiting. We get in the air, fucking 10 minutes in, she goes to the 10 people and say, uh, you're going to miss that flight. They're departing without you. So now we're 10 minutes in onto a flight that was delayed for two hours, knowing you're going to land in, in uh, Sydney where they would have checked our baggage through. So now they're saying, pick up your bags at the domestic airport and reschedule your flight to whatever you want is fucking 13 hours away go to the international terminal and check your bags back in so we get to the domestic airport go to the conveyor belt and fucking 40 minutes later no bags um so we're like all right where's our bags like we don't know so they've got a baggage services area where you literally go to a little brown door where there's a little lady about five foot tall and you give them your baggage receipt with and you write it with a little pencil my bag is a dark gray masonite bag with a sticker on my name's on a tag. And then she disappears for 40 minutes and comes back and she's got 12 of those tags. So there's a shitload of people, right? So she goes and looks for those bags and she comes back. She's like, we found yours. We can't find yours. Can't find yours. So 40 minutes at a time for seven hours. She's fucking up mm. and down. Do, 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 do. So we landed there 9 a.m. 4, 4 p.m. in the afternoon. She comes to us and I'm like, look, connecting flight we're going to miss it so we have to go and she's like don't worry we found your bags we'll check it straight through you don't need to pick it up anymore we'll make sure it gets through and that is just a blatant fucking lie because they never found our bags so um we get on the plane fly to hawaii as a connecting flight now instead of going to la we go hawaii let's uh sorry hawaii san diego to try and gain some time back um no bags hawaiian airlines is oh can you fill out this form same fucking form we just filled out so we fill it out again Flight here, flight is San Diego, still no bags. Oh, can you fill out this form? Same fucking form. <laughs> so oh, <wow>. now, <laughs> now I've filled out the form three times. I've done like an online missing luggage report and it's 10 p.m. And after all the delays with the flights and connections and stuff, we've been up for about 35 hours at this point in time, right? Um, so we just say, fuck it, let's go to the, the Airbnb, grab some food. And then we're like, oh, it's 10 p.m. San Diego, Wednesday night. Let's try Walgreens or Walmart and just go buy clothes because we could fuck all. <laughs> uh, so, so you missed preview saying, night then? Yeah. Or, so we missed yeah. preview night. Yeah. So we literally landed while preview night was on um, while I was standing by the baggage collection area in, in false hope that a bag might arrive. Brian Michael Bendis's chauffeur held, held the sign up and he arrived on a plane on the same terminal, but different plane as us. And they collected him and drove him off for, for the weekend. But uh, yeah, so we ended up missing preview night and we also couldn't pick our badges up, obviously. So Thursday morning, um, what's that, 50 hours later, 
imagine waking up after being on the fucking flights, missing a flight, losing your baggage, mm. and then you're waking up and you're having to put the same fucking dirty clothes on again <laughs> to mm. go into a 25 degree San Diego heat to go buy socks and underwear. So mm. yeah, yeah, fuck Qantas. Um, mm. the, their um, support line. So they've got international lines where you phone them and say, oh, this is the American line. Fuck, disconnected. Not even, not even referral to uh, or outsource company or anything. The international lines were literally disconnected. Like it's a service wow. so not available. So I had to find a during Australian business hours to try and resolve the luggage, and that didn't work either. So for the entire time at San Diego, we were literally buying clothes one day at a time in case your bags show up. So you'd go out and buy uh, aside of obviously socks and underwear, you bought three packs and five packs, but. Um, mm. And on day two, I was just so over it. I'm like, fuck it. They're going to pay for it. I was buying Jim Lee backpacks and creature t-shirts and fucking <laughs> all the yeah. shit I like because I know yeah. either the travel insurance or Qantas or somebody's going to pay for it um, with understanding that, you know, eventually uh, when we get back home, we'll start doing our claims. So we, we spent about, spend literally a few grand because all of a sudden you have to buy a new suitcase as well, right? <laughs> especially when you know that you're you you go over there and you go with a mostly empty suitcase or a suitcase empty as well because you know it's san diego you're not coming home so you're over there going well what's my temporary you know short box or long box holding all this stuff yeah i need this masonite bag for me to like exactly like and yeah it's it's insane but yeah. you seem to have issues with not so much connecting flights, but you are the face of calmness when things go wrong. We've done panels before where you've missed or like, you know, the USB hasn't worked or, it's, you oh, know, we've just, had audio we, no, issues. Of course, you just wing it, right? And a lot of us nervous because, up. yeah, but even with the panel itself, knowing that they'll bring us a laptop and it's not there when the panel started and people were sitting down waiting for us to start. I told Alana, we, we, are, we were at that point in time so over-prepped for the panel that everything was my head anyway. So I could have literally just turned it into a Q&A and a discussion with the people in the crowd rather than yeah. a show and tell. Um, as it happened, Chris, Christopher, who was supposed to be on our panel, had COVID. So he was stuck in his hotel room which means one what? of our panelists didn't even make it because he was he, he was mm. quarantined till the next day. Wow, so, so a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things obviously didn't pan out. Um, but I'll close that chapter to say that we fucking almost gave up hope. So we had to check out of our Airbnb to fly to Hawaii on a Monday after San Diego Comic Con. Um, but through fucking pure luck, man, through pure fucking luck, um, in the lost luggage report, there's a free text space where you can type in what your content of your bag is so that they can further identify it because they fucking don't have any common sense. Um, so I open it up to say laptop, blah, blah, blah. And there was like a 16 digit number typed in there. And I'm like, this looks like a fucking tracking number. <laughs> so I cut and paste it out of there. And, and the, I, mind you, I can still show you on that report. It still says looking, <laughs> looking for your bags. It still says today we're looking for your bags. Please check in later. Anyway, so I cut and paste the tracking number. It's a FedEx number of a third-party courier that posted it called GP, GP Couriers and Logistics in LA. And they posted something to me on the 24th of September. I'm like, well, that could only be a bag. <laughs> so yeah. they found a bag, right? Um, yeah. And so I found FedEx. And I'm like, 
guys, we got to fucking fly to Hawaii in the morning. Um, I don't want it to be in transit somewhere. And I have to leave for the airport. Can I come pick it up? They're like, okay, we'll make a note that we're going to hold on to it for you. You can pick it up at the depot on 37th Street, which is four blocks away from us. I'm like, fucking sweet. I can wake up 8 a.m., go get the bags. We're fine. Um, I wake up, check the trafficking number. It says on, on track for delivery. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 so, so now literally the, the, the suitcases are driving through the neighborhood in San Diego and we're on our way to the airport. And I find phone FedEx again. They're like, oh, we can't do anything. We will message the driver. I'm like, yeah, we have to leave you at quarter past 10. What are you going to do? Message the driver. Quarter past 10, we phone him again. And they're like, oh, we've told the driver, just hold on. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Too bad. So we book an Uber to go to the airport. We're literally taking our brand new fucking bag to put in the back of a mm. Tesla. <laughs> it didn't fit. But anyway, mm. so we're shoving it in the back of a Tesla. <laughs> and a, and a, FedEx, a FedEx van stops right next to us with our two suitcases. <laughs> Wow. That would only happen to you. In all mm. honesty, you could be both the most unlucky and luckiest person I've ever known in my whole entire life to the mm. point that sometimes it gets me so angry how blasé he never lives and it always seems to fucking work out for him. Oh, Fuck yeah, you, yeah. FedEx. Mm. <laughs> Fuck you for leaving Mike down. It's crazy. It's it's crazy that... the. Uh, you know, people are kicking this, the, the, the excuses down the road, kicking the can down the road. Oh, it's still COVID, staff shortages, all of that type of why stuff. Are they, why are they I taking heard. your money six months in advance yeah. for flights if they can't book six months or, or plan six months in advance? Exactly. And, and I, I think, you know, and I, I heard a rumor of about like engineered scarcity with this type of shit that they, you know, that, 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 that if they start canceling flights, et cetera, yeah. there's no good reason to do it other than, then it's in some sort of fucked up business model that it's yeah. advant- advantageous for them to fill up flights to the maximum amount of number despite your booking, you know? Absolutely. Anyway. There, there were seats double booked in all our flights where they actually had to either take people off the plane or find other mm. seats. Like there were five or six people fighting over the same seats in front of me and Alana on one of the flights. Um, and, and you can see that they're just not organized. We were all sitting on the plane ready to take off and the pilot, comes on the, on the airwaves and he's like our auxiliary power has failed so we can't start the aircon or, or or have backup on the engines so we're waiting for like a big fucking towing truck to show up to kick start the plane so we can take off how reassuring like, how reassuring yeah, is this isn't that mm. like good to like think about like the fact that like your little fucking uh, you know, armor oil battery could just fucking run out and you just fall from the sky. Or the fact that, um, like, uh, auxiliary is 100% power for your iPod to plug it into your <laughs> car stereo. Yeah, yeah, please can everybody unplug the USB so we can start the plane. This is literally yeah. the fuck. And yeah. we're like, between now and when we land, there's nine hours of water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If something fucks up, nobody's going to crawl down there with a with a, a phone charger pack and plug it into the fucking plane. But in saying that, take oh. take solace in knowing that it might be nine hours of water. It could be worse. It could be nine hours of concrete, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyway, look, uh, it was all fucked. But but what it is, what it exposed is how Qantas have lost control of all their customer satisfaction KPIs purely by the fact that they have subcontracted their ground staff, they've subcontracted mm. their luggage staff, they've subcontracted the logistics and freight to actually recover people's stuff to the point where they can't answer anymore. They don't have answers for you. 
So what they do yeah. is they just don't have phone numbers on their websites anymore. Send us an email and wait so we, so we can figure mm. it out and then represent success when we come back to you. And that's, it's, I had like serious FOMO leading up when you're going, oh, like this time next week, I'm going to be in San Diego. And at the time I was thinking, have I made like a mistake by not going? You know, you like I'm you thinking did. that. But then I hear these stories and you're not the only one I heard these sort of stories from. Like there was a couple of people and I go, I don't know if I could handle that amount of stress. I don't think once I landed, if I went through that, if I'd lost my luggage and all this sort of stuff and we're running late, I think it would affect my whole weekend. <laughs> it does. Look, <laughs> look and, and you know what? We, we had to make a conscious decision on that Thursday night when we landed and said, you know what? Let's fucking care about the shit that we can control and not worry about everything else. And despite my complaints on Facebook, which was once a day just event, like we literally just changed our mindset and said, let's fucking make the most of this weekend. And we did. And this is where, I mean, we're probably halfway into this recording already, but this is where everything turned positive because all of a sudden I had my schedule of creators I wanted to meet and books I wanted to get signed. And I literally exceeded all of that because on the way to doing mm. stuff, you make connections and, and, and make friends with other knowledge of other things that happen. So Beyond the books I wanted to get signed and things I wanted to submit to CGC, I actually, you know, the fact that I went to San Diego not even thinking Jim Lee's there and I met him and got stuff signed and have a video chat with him and shit like that versus, um, you know, worrying about fucking buying socks for the next day. I tell you, and, and how <laughs> the, was good, that? the good still outweighed the bad, right? Um, and how was that? You know, like the fact that I remember when we went, I think 2019, uh, Jim Lee was there at the DC, you know, that massive DC booth yeah, that they had yeah, set up yeah, and he was still in that signing yeah, yeah. pre-ticketed and it was packed. Like that line had yeah. like ended up, like they had to break it off and then started on a wall down the yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. And How did you caps. find someone like Jim Lee after COVID? What were the lines like? And did you, you feel that people didn't give a fuck or? Yeah. So. I can tell you it's probably a Californian law that um, for events of that size, they still needed to wear masks inside. And I think yeah. they had capacity restrictions. So at any point in time, it wasn't as packed as 2019. It would have been okay. maybe 80% that packed. But all yeah. tickets were sold out, right? So, so obviously, they had less tickets to sell, but it's still sold out. Um, yeah. If anything, I can tell you from a personal experience perspective, it promoted and assisted with the ability to go from hall, hall or entrance A to G in 15 minutes yeah. if you want to meet a creator or get some sign. Yeah. It was probably literally, Qantas aside, it was probably one of the most successful conventions in terms of the takeaways that I have. The ability yeah. to be able to meet the creators, have more time with them. Um, and, and again, getting fucking lucky, right? The, the, so the Jim Lee signing wasn't advertised, for instance. He wasn't promoting it on on Facebook. He wasn't. It wasn't on DC. It wasn't even a DC endorsed thing. What happened is, and this is serendipity, right? Um, we were queuing for signatures to, I think, uh, Paper Girls. Yeah. And the guy behind us heard about the Todd McFarlane story where they didn't want to give me a ticket for signatures because I'm a pro, and I'm like, I'm not a fucking pro. I just got a pro pass. Anyway, so he's like, um, oh, that that's a pity um what what ha what just happened to be was these wife had a ticket for the next day 
and she's just an attendee, but she can't make it. So he gave Alana his attendee pass for his wife to be duly long on Saturday so she could get a ticket to get Todd McFarlane to sign my, my Malibu 13. So it went from being some really frustrating to actually making a cool friend and him helping us actually get that signature for Todd McFarlane. But while we were there, he was wearing a brand new backpack with the tags on. And he's like, oh, this was the Jim Lee Kickstarter bag. I just went to go pick it up. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck's the Jim Lee Kickstarter bag? So he showed me and I'll, I'll, I should make a video of it, man. It's a, you should. It's, it's I'm a, pretty sure I showed you the link. I'm pretty yeah. sure when it was oh. up on. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Roger has like six of them. <laughs> Yeah, I know he bought his first one there because I sent I sent him the same booth number. So so the bags are actually literally manufactured to hold comics. It's double padded on the side and reinforced and stuff. And at the back, it's got spaces for slabs. It's got space where you can put tubes for posters and re and markers and everything. It's literally a bag designed for a comic collector. Um, and he the guy's like, oh yeah, they're 110, 110 bucks at the booth, and. They have a little sign up smaller than a fucking postcard saying, if you buy one of these bags, Jim Lee will be there between 12 and one on Saturday. He'll sign three comics and your backpack for you for free. And his signature is usually about 80 US per book. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes. so for 110 bucks, you get the backpack, you get three signatures for free and you get to skip the QVIP card. So I'm like, this is fucking amazing. So I even if you threw backpack. that backpack out, even if you threw it oh, out, yeah. you've got your I'm money still back. Agree. And yeah. Like yeah. So, so my, my, my point there, and I, to be fair, I didn't expect Jim Lee to be even, even be there, but I did take books in case he was, I took my Australian uh, price variant of first Omega red. It's piss poor shape. It's a four or five, maybe, maybe a three because it's torn on the spine. But um, the fact that it's an APV signed by Jim Lee and graded by CGC would be amazing. And my mentality automatically shifted to, I'm saving so much money by doing this. I'm going to submit these books to CGC for signing because it's free money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that signature just paid so, for your slab. Yeah. <laughs> like, so funny fucking story, right? Um, so the guy tells me about the bag. I send Roger the text with the booth number to go buy the bag. But I'm talking to the guy. So it was just literally a text with a booth number. And he thought I was there. So Roger goes there. He's like, Neville's not here. Oh, check this bag. So he bought the bag because he saw the sign. He comes running to me and say, Neville, you should go buy this fucking bag. I'm like, dude, that's why I sent you. <laughs> that's, I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a Roger thing to do. So like, I can always see him no, doing no. And you because know, he's... <laughs> you know what the Roger thing is to do? So Saturday right. morning at between 12 and 1... He bought is, four of them, didn't he? <laughs> no, no, but between 12 and 1 is the skip the queue VIP queue, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'll go try and find kevin eastman if that doesn't work out i'll just go to the gym lee queue maybe 30 minutes early because i'm vip i don't need to queue <laughs> i get to the vip queue an hour and 10 minutes early there's roger fucking navarro with the sign saying vip queue starts here <laughs> so anyone that listens to this that hasn't listened to the previous things roger had a similar experience in 2019 where while queuing for art germ he ended up being like the, the line minder like literally cutting people off and became like somewhat pseudo friends with art germ and got like free sketches Fuck. and shit <laughs> Now, as funny as it was, because I was like 10 people behind him, he's the fucking reason the queue started an hour and a half early because he was standing there with a sign and people are like, 
oh well we i guess we start queuing now <laughs> so people just <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, wa he wasted an hour of my life <laughs> now this <laughs> happened concurrently with alana having to queue for the todd mcfarland signature where i wasn't allowed to be at because i had a pro pass and she had her fake pass so we kind of multitasked and, sh and she got the todd signature while i was queuing there so by the time she was done the queue actually started proceeding um so they were that, that was two great stories but I tell you, Jim Stalin was a great guy to meet. David Mack, as always, fucking always massive, massive gentleman. Um, Sinkovich was amazing. Um, Mark Silvestri, I got a bunch of stuff signed by him. Um, so many, so many creators, man. I, and I ended up submitting between myself and Roger too, because Roger submitted on my account so we can share shipping costs. We submitted 12 or 13 books to CGC and CGC's booth, right? Can I tell you guys my experience working with CGC and CBCS as a customer from Australia gives me the perspective that CBCS is a little bit of a two-bit job where they two two years turnaround time for pressing. They poured all the shit out. It doesn't update. And then you get the CGC one where they're a lot more professional and well-presented. So at the at the booth for San Diego, I'm not fucking pumping their tires at all. I'm just going to tell you what it looks like. The booth for CGC was, they had two booths. They, yeah, that, so CGC had two booths. The one was just for their signature, signature verification guys, the witnesses. There were about 20 guys with red shirts hanging around. Free service where the guy walks around with you from artist to artist to artist for an hour or two hours, however much ever you need, to gather signatures where they witness it. You can submit the books. You keep the Are book, you serious? That's free. You, wow. You, you keep the books from the Thursday to the Sunday. They seal it in a tamper-proof bag with a note saying they were there. On the Sunday, when you're all done and dusted, you take all those books in one go and you submit it to them. Their, their yep. main booth was probably about 25 square meters with uh, 10 or 11 people assisting. And that's right. where they had lucky draws. So we won. I won fucking CGC hoodies. I won uh, the 9.8 badges. I won um, CGC trading cards that's graded, all that type of stuff. Oh. So um, because Todd McFarlane doesn't like... like um, people witnessing stuff when he's signing Alana couldn't get somebody with her to um, witness him signing. So I had no alternative, but to have to take that to CBCS's booth. So we walked to CBCS's booth because myself and um, Roger had one book to submit there. It was one dude sitting there with a piece of paper and a pencil. And so as you submit the books, you write your name, you write your phone number. I'm like, I've got an account. I can just give you my account number. He's like, no, no, this is easier email yep. address we'll find you by your email address and then he takes my two books and he puts it in his backpack i'm like fuck does this dude even work here yeah. <laughs> so, you never get those books again <laughs> you know what he does it, it could be somebody from in artist alley who just put up a cbcs <laughs> sign and he goes home with all the fucking awesome books roger's it's, it's, just hiding the sign up going cbcs like. <laughs> yeah, he's moonlighting so, he really he really works for Qantas. Because uh, they yeah. have the same, they have the same administrative yeah. <laughs> faculties. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. Like, uh, yeah, they can do that, but Qantas can't even find your bags. It's yeah. uh, it's alarming. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so yeah, man. Fuck. Do you know what? Despite all the challenges Qantas threw our way, the panel was a success. People showed up. We had a great Q and A at the end. Um, the experience at the convention was amazing. We got shit signed and submitted that i'm really excited about um and it you know for me i'm going to obviously remember the 
remember the shit that Qantas gave us, the shit storm, but at the same time, yeah. the positives will outweigh it. You know, when those books come back from CGC and I look at the 40 books I had signed, the few misses I had obviously is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, that sounds like an awesome time over there, man. We're spewing that we couldn't be there, but hey, case are up. Next year, next year. Next year, next year. All right, well, we should wrap right. it up, guys. Cool. It's good to catch up. And, Thanks, uh, guys. We'll, we'll be back shortly. Yeah. Thanks, man. Have a good day, guys. Yep. Catch you later. Catch you. Bye.